You know my guest, Randall Park, uh, from the television show Fresh Off the Boat. He was nominated for the Critics' Choice Television Award for Best Actor in a Comedy Series for that one. Or you know him as Danny Chung on Veep, or as playing Kim Jong-un in the 2014 film The Interview. You've seen him on The Office, in Trainwreck, and in the superhero movies Ant-Man and the Wasp and Aquaman, among many others. Currently, he's starring in uh, Always Be My Maybe, he wrote and co-stars along with Ali Wong in the new Netflix film. It's a romantic comedy. They play childhood friends who have a falling out and don't speak for 15 years, but then reconnect as adults. Randall, welcome. Thank you. It's good nice, to be here. It, nice to see you. Um, the movie is very funny. Oh, thanks. And, it, you know, it's tough to breathe life into romantic comedies. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a formula, I think, that people think that they know, uh, but you guys have found a, a twist on it. And uh, in large part, it comes from the chemistry that you and Ali have, but that's not new. You've known her for a long time. Known her for a long time. We both came out of the same uh, college theater company. We went to UCLA and... Uh, I co-founded a theater group there called LCC, and uh, after I graduated, she ended up joining that group, mm-hmm. and um, uh, and it was through those mutual friends that we would uh, eventually meet and uh, become friends. Well, she says that around UCLA that you were almost a deity for uh, <laughs> founding that group because it's an Asian American theater group. Yeah, yeah, and that did not exist before you came along. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, you know it was a huge deal on campus, mm-hmm. and uh, our very first show we it was an original full length play that I had written and uh, we didn't think many people would show up. We, we, we handed out <laughs> flyers. You know, we, we walked throughout campus. We, we went into classrooms and announced, hey, we have the show if anyone wants to come. And then in uh, that first show, there, there were lines snaking throughout the campus just to, to see this show. And it was uh, it was pretty amazing. Was it just a, a, an underrepresented group at, yeah. coming out to see it or was it just because everyone loved you? No, no. <laughs> it was because I think we were, you know, we had advertised ourselves as this Asian American theater company, which we were, and we were uh, telling these kind of Asian American stories. And uh, and I think there was a real hunger for that, yeah. uh, and w- which we kind of thought there would be, but we didn't expect it to be that big. And uh, that, that kind of planted the seed in a lot of us in that theater company at the time that this is something that we, we want to do for a living. Well, and you're seeing the, the blossom yeah. of that now, and we'll get to that in a second, yeah. but you were studying Asian American studies at UCLA. Yeah. You weren't necessarily studying theater. No, no. And, and so what was the leap? Uh, I would imagine that you study Asian American studies. You're looking at a yeah. life in academia. Yeah, that, you're looking that was at writing plan. books and that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, uh, so as an undergraduate, I actually majored in uh, uh, English uh, with the creative writing specialization. So, so that's how I kind of got into playwriting. Uh, but I was minoring in Asian American studies, and um, and then I went on to do a two year grad program in Asian American studies, thinking I would become a professor mm-hmm. uh, uh, and, and write books and do all that sort of sort of stuff. But uh, but because we founded that theater company, I kind of saw this other side of me that I never knew existed until college. Well, you grew up in Los Angeles, and I wanted to ask you uh, first of all, what's that like? But secondly. 
you're from an outsider's point of view, I always think, oh, you're just surrounded by show business. Someone you know <laughs> must be in the movies or as growing up or someone's written a script or yeah. they used to be on a sitcom or something. Yeah, nothing like that really? growing up. Yeah, I mean, L.A. is big. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, and I was I grew up in West L.A. and that's very close to where a lot of this, you know, industry is. Yeah. And uh, but I, I feel like I I lived a small town life in this big city. I mean, it was really uh we were very disconnected from the industry and I didn't know anyone and I certainly didn't have anyone in my family that that had any sort of connection to the industry it felt like something that was very far away from me really yeah yeah I, I I'm amazed because when I'm there you drive around there's billboards everywhere yeah. just it feels it, it it feels like that's all that happens in that city but people live lives yeah yeah I mean it, it, it was uh just a, I really like a small town life in LA. Tell me a little bit about growing up there. You you call it a small town life, but there's in an interview that I read with you, you talk about wandering the sidewalks during the LA riots yeah. in your senior year, and there was uh, a point at which it's felt like the city must have been about to be ripped apart. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, shopkeepers were sitting in windows with yeah. guns and things. I mean, yeah. I, tell me about that. Well, uh, a lot of the stuff that you'd see on the news, that was, again, L.A. is a big city. Mm-hmm. That was, uh, you know, a little ways away from, I grew up in, in West Los Angeles, kind of near Culver City, and uh, there was still, a, you know, that that day of the riots, we we walked around and the neighborhood stores were being looted and and you you could see plumes of smoke just throughout the city and uh, 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 but my friend and I were like let's take a stroll and and and, and see what's happening. And, was it just uh, curiosity? Or? It was curiosity and and being dumb and <laughs> and I distinctly remember our our prince our high school principal driving by and screaming from his car. Get back home! What are you doing out there? And then screeching off. <laughs> but uh, but it, it felt like yeah. It, it, I mean, the tension in the city was very palpable, and and uh, uh, the, you know they were they put on a curfew. We, we couldn't stay out that uh, that late. We had to get back home and. Uh, yeah, it was it was a, a wild time. Do you learn anything from an experience like that, or is it just something that that adds to the the, the texture of living in a big, unpredictable city? Uh, I mean, both, both. There were definitely a lot of, um, you know, my school was very diverse, mm-hmm. and and we we kind of it was the whole spectrum of of people, and it, and up until that moment it felt very harmonious you right. know and uh, uh, and I had friends of you know all different kinds of friends and uh, but there there was a lot of tension and in, in the Korean American community there was particularly a lot of tension because of the uh, the uh, the merchants uh, um, and the looting that yeah happened. yeah yeah and so it was a it, yeah it was it was a um, an intense time but uh, but uh, but also uh, you know it a uh, uh, very much a part of Los Angeles life Mm -hmm. at that time. You know, I mean, we all were affected by that. I'm speaking with Randall Park. His new film is called Always Be My Maybe. You can see it on Netflix right now. Uh, I've seen it. Hilarious. And uh, (laughs) we're going to talk uh, all about it. Um, Let me go right back to the beginning of all of this. I've read that you and Ali Wong talked about this a little bit, but yep. it didn't really get serious until she mentioned in another interview mm-hmm. that she was planning on scripting 
uh, their own, you and Ellie, uh, when Harry met Sally, a version yeah. of that. And then that goes viral, and you're like, mm, <laughs> yeah. man, I guess we have to do this now. Uh, yeah, she casually mentioned it in a profile piece done on her. That profile piece kept that part of the interview in, in the publication. All of uh, these online outlets picked up on that small piece, and uh, a vulture uh, made a, a basically a letter to Hollywood saying, please make this movie. <laughs> and then Allie and I, uh, our reps got inundated with these phone calls asking for the script that didn't exist. And uh, Allie and I looked at each other like, oh, let's, let, let's write it. Was it a, a thing like, let's try it, write it and see what happens? Or, you know, if, if it didn't fly, like yep. if you worked on it for a week or two, right. you could always walk away. Yeah, but I think we were uh, we were very motivated by the the knowledge that there was a demand for it. Right. Like people wanted this script. So that, that really kind of kept us going. And was this around the time that Oscar So White was happening and things are just after, I would imagine. Um, yeah, I, I believe this was uh, this was maybe maybe around that time. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't I don't remember exactly, but but it was it was certainly on our minds, you know, mm-hmm. regardless of whether that was uh, happening in the in the culture. It was, uh, you know, we we wanted to to tell a, a story from our perspective. Well, you talk about and and we'll talk about always be my maybe in depth in a little bit, but you said at one point that when you first started acting, you were genuinely okay with the idea of struggling for the rest of your life. Oh, yeah. And and part of that was because you're an actor of color and you thought, well, I mean, I'm always going to be the doctor or the best friend. I'm never going to yeah. be the lead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, actors of any color, it, it, it's, it's, a, <laughs> it's a life of struggle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, you know, even making a living at this job is like hitting the lottery. Um, and, and then to put on top of that, you know, being an actor of color and, and uh, being made aware of, of the limited kind of choices out there and the, and the limited opportunities. It, 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 I, I just knew that it would be hard and, and most likely I, I wouldn't be able to make a, a, a living just by acting. I would always have to have a, a part-time job on top of that. And you did. You yeah. were on television. You are on MTV, and you were yeah. working as a barista at a Starbucks still. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was while I was – yeah, it was it was <laughs> wild because I was on a uh, – I was on an MTV improv show called uh, Wild and Out that Nick Cannon uh, hosts and, and produced. And, um, and uh, while that was airing, I needed – uh, a part-time job and and I worked at a Starbucks and uh, uh, people were watching me on TV and then coming into the coffee shop and just completely befuddled why are you working here because they think that we all are millionaires yeah you, you think know? you're making five million bucks an episode <laughs> yeah and uh, uh, but you know at the time I needed to pay off student loans I was uh I was having my wages garnished from my checks because I, I had put off uh, my student loans for so long. And uh, so I just needed I needed to work. Well, and doesn't Starbucks offer benefits? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. And, and you know what? It was uh, it, it was one of the best jobs ever. You know, I loved it there. I, I It was it was super fun. When we come back uh, with Randall Park, uh, we're going to talk about Always Be My Maybe. But I also, I mean, I have to find out why you loved working at Starbucks so much. <laughs> I, I worked uh, as a bartender for many, 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 many years. Yeah. And uh, if not because I was so, I'm so old now, I can't stand for eight hours in a row, <laughs> I don't think anymore, I would still do it. Because yeah. it's still, I love the interaction with people. And from my point of view, I learned how to interview people, I think, from talking to them 
in customer For service jobs. For sure. We'll get to that when we come back. My guest in studio, Randall Park. Check out on Netflix right now, Always Be My Maybe. Stay with us. Best believe I punched Keanu Reeves and it was better than any scene you could see in speed. I hit John Wick and now I'm feeling so appealing. Basically, I'm a god. You could call me Hercules. Best believe I punched Keanu Reeves and it was better than any scene you could see in speed. I'm telling you This is real. the closing credit song <laughs> of Always Be My Baby. You can see that on Netflix right now. Uh, that is the smooth vocalizations of my guest, Randall Park, who also co-wrote, co-stars, and co-produced the film. Uh, It's a romantic comedy co-starring Ali Wong. uh, And it's no secret by now that Keanu Reeves makes an incredible, uh, it's more than a cameo. It's a (laughs) a few scenes, uh, but he he really makes an impression in the middle of this movie. Uh, And first of all, how do you get Keanu Reeves, who was shooting John Wick at, at the, the same time? time. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how that happened. I mean, I feel like we were, I don't know, we we were just incredibly lucky and blessed and everything just somehow worked out. I mean, we wrote him into the script originally as this ideal foil to, to Marcus. Right. And um, we, and while we were writing it, we were obviously having fun, you know, creating this character. And uh, 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 but we didn't know if he'd be willing to to play play this character and also to poke fun at his public image. Yeah, because he's playing himself, yeah. but like a heightened version <laughs> yeah. of himself. It's yeah. actually Keanu, only times 10, probably. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so we, we, you know, we sent him the script thinking, okay, let's just, let's be ready to, to re- change th- oh, yeah. this character with another person. And uh, so we had a list of others and, and, uh, uh, and then he he read it and he got it and we are still like shocked. <laughs> well, he, he's so funny in this, and you so forget funny. because we've just been seeing him in action movies yeah. more recently. That you know, Bill and Ted was you know, and they're classic. doing another one, classic stuff, and he's very funny. But I love. Uh, that he has the sense of humor about himself. It's like Bill Murray in Zombieland, I think, yeah. you know, to play this this version of yourself. Um, yeah. Let's have just a little listen to <laughs> Keanu in Always Be My Maybe. A pleasure to meet you, Marcus. <laughs> Likewise, Keanu. Uh, I-, I love your outfit. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. Tom Ford made it custom for me. <laughs> I-, I didn't know you wore glasses. Oh, I don't. My eyes are perfect. This is for a part. <laughs> They don't even have lenses in them. See? (laughs) I love the suit. Classic. Thank you, thank you. It's my uh, old tux from prom. That's great. I dropped out of high school, went to work, followed my dream. (laughs) <laughs> so funny. So yeah, and funny. You, know, you know that glasses bit was Keanu's. Really? Yeah, he showed up with uh, so many great ideas and improvisations, and he was so game, and uh, a, a lot of it was... Uh, you know, he brought so much to the table. Yeah. And so we heard a little bit of the song. The song is called I Punched Keanu Reeves, yeah. uh, performed by you. Yeah. Uh, and the thing, but so you recorded a rough version of this song and then you sent it to him. Yeah. And said, like, have a listen. Let me know what you think. Yeah. And what did what was his response? Well, you know, we had to get his permission mm-hmm. to, to, to even do the song because it's called I Punched Keanu Reeves, you know. <laughs> and uh, uh, so I, I wanted him to to just get like what we were going for and i felt like writing the lyrics would 
wouldn't do it justice. So so I had like three quarters of the lyrics done, and uh, I just recorded it, you know, shoddily recorded it uh, into like a karaoke microphone, and and sent him the, uh, the emailed him, and and then attached the 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 recording, and just so he'd get it and. He got it, just like the script. He totally got it, knew what we were going for, was so supportive, but he had a suggestion. And he he said, uh, I think that the song should be clearly more about Marcus and Sasha and less about me. And I was like, well, you know, I, I really wanted it to be a tribute to you. And, and it, he wanted it to be about the movie. He yeah. didn't want it to be about himself, especially closing the movie. He, he, he was like, it's really important that, that this be a, a love story. And maybe that's why he's a giant movie star. Totally. Right? You work for the betterment of the whole project, not just yourself. Totally. Yeah. And it, it, yeah, and it really made me like f- feel really good about, you know, uh, these iconic, you know, uh, cherished, you know, uh, national treasures being uh, so selfless and so collaborative and so uh, just about the movie. And uh, yeah, I I respect that guy so much. I'm speaking with Randall Park. The movie is on Netflix right now. It's called Always Be My Maybe. And you somehow managed to work the word Oculus into the song. (laughs) Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I'm still (laughs) not not entirely sure what that means, but... uh, (laughs) I know it has to do with the eye. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, that song was, uh, it's blowing up. Yeah, it is. Well, <laughs> it, well it's funny and, and uh, unexpected, yeah. I think. And there's just something, because you play uh, a, a part-time musician, you, you yeah. play someone who has a day job who plays music yeah. on the side. Uh, it, 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 it's funny that the, the movie ends with you in this triumphant moment. Yeah, as as a singer and yeah. songwriter and rapper. Yeah, it, it is. It, it's a nice way to end it. I'm glad we came. I'm glad that happened at the last minute. You know, it wasn't in the original version of the movie until we saw a, a later cut of it. The idea came up to do that song, and and we kind of rushed to put it together. And it's, uh, yeah, it's 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 so cool. And you're a huge music fan. Yeah. In real life. Oh yeah. And yeah. Uh, what 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 do you listen to? I mean, I'm uh, I'm I love classic hip-hop from from the era that Marcus came up yeah, in, you know, yeah. from the 90s. And uh, bands like The Roots were, were a huge influence on this band that I was in out of college that basically uh, is what Hello Peril, the band in the movie, yeah. is based on. And um, uh, Tribe Called Quest, that whole era. I'm, lately, I've lately I've actually been listening to, to K-pop, which is uh, something <laughs> I never thought I'd Korean get into. Pop music, yeah. yeah, but I, I you know, I, I saw BTS at the Rose Bowl in L.A. and it was, uh, it was, it was life changing. And how so? I saw them on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, and. and you know, everyone in that audience was amped and wired to see this. <laughs> yeah. I didn't really know who they were, and and the the performance was eye popping. I'll give yeah, you that. Yeah, I mean, uh, they're so talented, and I didn't know who they were either, really, until around that time. I saw the SNL performance. Yeah. I was like, oh, these guys are amazing, and, and they're superstars around the world. Superstars, yeah. and I, I went to this show. Uh, the Rose Bowl was sold out multiple nights, <laughs> and uh, just uh, every race. Every age, every like it was the, it was a, such a diverse crowd singing along to these Korean lyrics, and uh, it was it was really uh, beautiful. 
When we come back, we're going to continue the conversation with Randall Park. We're talking about his movie, Always Be My Maybe. You can see it on Netflix right now. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about Starbucks. We didn't get to that. <laughs> That's right. A little bit more about K-pop and a little <laughs> bit more, obviously, about the movie. Stay with us. You still have the Corolla? What are you looking at? My backseat? Because we had sex back there? <laughs> oh, my God. So what do you think? That it might be even smaller and grosser than I remember. You better still be talking about my backseat. <laughs> that is a clip from Always Be My Maybe featuring Ali Wong and my guest in studio, Randall Park, who co-wrote with, with Ali, uh, co-stars with her, and also co-produced uh, this film, which you can now see on Netflix. I have enjoyed watching you listen to the clips because you get a big <laughs> smile on your face. You still enjoy this. I mean, uh, yeah. these projects take a long time. Yeah. There's probably nights in the edit suite, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And yet, when you hear the finished product, you're still into it. Well, you know, I, I mean, Ali is an old friend. Nanachka is an old friend. Who's the director? Yeah, Nanachka and, Khan. And also directs Fresh Off the Boat. Yeah, she created Fresh Off mm. the Boat. And uh, uh, so we, we all we all love each other. Uh, Vivian Bang, who plays Jenny, she's yeah. an old friend. It, 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 was, it, it was very, uh, it was so joyful, just the actual production of it and post-production and pre-production. It was all so fun. That uh, yeah, when I listen back to these scenes, it, it just brings me back to to how much fun we were having making it. Now I want to do a call back to something I said we'd talk about. Yeah. You worked at Starbucks when you had a, a an MTV show. You were on an <laughs> yeah. MTV show, paying yeah. off student debts, all that kind of stuff. But you said you really liked it. And, I loved it, and I mentioned that I had bartended for years. I meant I also had a TV show and still bartended for yeah. a year or so because I liked it. I yeah. liked it. And then it got awkward with people saying like, <laughs> you know, do you own this place? I'm like, nope. <laughs> nope. I'm just uh, simply here mixing your gin and tonic. Yeah. What was it that you liked about the customer service aspect? Uh, I, 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 I liked talking to people and getting to know people. I liked my coworkers a lot, and that had a big part to do with it. I liked, uh, I just, I, I don't know, the service industry, it, it's, it's fun. I think everyone should have to do it. Yeah, for sure. And it, it was something going into it, I, you know, I had to s- swallow my pride because I was like, oh, I'm, on, I'm on a TV show, but I need to make more money, and uh, people are going to recognize me. This, it's going to be awkward, but I need a flexible job that will allow me to, you know, run off and do auditions and or do whatever else I needed. Yep. And uh, uh, and I went into it thinking, oh, this is going to be tough. But and then it turned out to be so great. And when was the moment that you thought, I don't need to have a, a side gig anymore? I have not hit that moment yet. <laughs> that moment always, that uh, that thought always haunts me. But uh, but I would say, um, gosh, well, definitely when Fresh Off the Boat got picked up, I was yeah. like, okay, I have a job. I have a regular job. A regular job that's yeah. not going anywhere for a while. Well, I didn't know it at the time. Right. But, and uh, you always not <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had Guillermo del Toro in here a while ago, and he said he steps onto every set like it's going to be his last day on set. Yeah, yeah, that's a a good way to go about it. I think a lot of people feel that way. A lot of people that do this for a living, and and I don't think that it comes from insecurity. Mm -hmm. I I think that it comes from knowing how fortunate we are to be able to do this kind of job, something yes. you've aspired to do, maybe not for you, not your whole life, but yeah. for a good chunk of it. And you're doing it at a very high level. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, you want to 
enjoy it and and cherish it and and be in the moment while you're doing it and um uh and being in the moment isn't thinking about oh what the next job is going to be yeah, yeah. you just got to you just want to just be there sometimes though when you're working at a very high level i think that the stress that comes along with that can make it hard to enjoy i've interviewed yeah. so many people that said you know what I didn't enjoy it when I was at the peak of my fame as much as I should have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think I'm the opposite. I'm really <laughs> – look, I know it's all going to end, you know, at some point. I'm just, like, really enjoying the ride. I think a lot of that, too, has to do with the fact that it it, it, it came to me so much later in my life, you right. know. I, I started late, and uh, and the – the making a living at it started late. And uh, uh, so I have that perspective. And George Clooney says that people stay pretty much the age that they are when they get famous. Mm. So if you get famous and you're 15, you're 15. even <laughs> later on, you're going to be 15. <laughs> but, you know, if you've been around a little bit, if you've been a barista, if you've yeah. had some life experience and then it happens for you yeah. that you have a much different outlook on life. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think that Always Be My Maybe, you can see that on Netflix right now starring my guest Randall Park, uh, will help change the landscape of what entertainment looks like? Um, I think it'll play a part of it, I think, because a lot of people are watching it. And uh, yeah. that was our goal. Like, just we just wanted people to watch it. That's yeah. it. Uh, and that's part of the reason why we went to Netflix, because people watch Netflix. Yeah. And uh, uh, a lot of people are watching it. And it's not just people in our community. It's everybody mm -hmm. like I, I i since it came out i've been getting stopped by everybody and uh, which is so thrilling and and so great and i think that the just the the consciousness of people uh in general it, it it's it, it's at a point now where it's not weird to see a story like this uh, absolutely yeah. i mean the the whole question that i had written down there was uh do you think that always uh, Be My Maybe can help change the landscape of what entertainment looks like and who gets to fall in love in rom-coms. Yeah. 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 I, I, I hope so. I think so. I think it's uh, it's it's normal. Yeah. It's normal. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. you and Allie write this. Uh, there is the story, the clip that we just heard. Mm -hmm. uh, you in this, uh, you, you have one moment in the backseat of your car <laughs> when you're teens and then yeah. don't speak for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, I understand that some of this was pulled from real life, oh, not yeah. particularly in your relationship with Ali, but right. but in right. the larger yeah, sense. Yeah, the, the, uh, uh, that's pretty much how I lost my virginity. <laughs> 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 yeah, you know, we were we were writing the script. We we're trying to figure out, okay, what ha how should we approach this? You know, what leading up to this big falling out. Mm -hmm. uh, 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 we need something kind of tragic to happen, but not too tragic yeah. because, uh, 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 but something that, that really kind of uh, jars their relationship. And uh, I was like, oh, I have a jarring story. <laughs> <laughs> it is, is it just all, you know, putting yourself into the art that, that keeps it so authentic feeling? I think so. Yeah. I think so. I th well, for us, it, it, for us, it, from the beginning to the end, it was always about having fun. Mm -hmm. and, and, and for us, having fun meant doing something new. And the best way to do something new is to take from your own experiences, yeah. right? Because those are ours. And, uh, and uh, so a lot of our, our life story did make it into the script, but not everything. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of things we, you know, that, that didn't fit into the story. But if it or felt organic to the story, we, we would definitely put it in. 
when you're working on this with Ali, was there anything that was off limits? Did you come, like, you could have easily introduced that and said, I can't, my parents might see it, my, you know, <laughs> is there anything like that? No, no. I, I you know, that it, it, it came, that like thought came to mind, like right before I was going to tell them how I lost my virginity. Like, <laughs> should I? But then, you know, it was such a, just a warm environment. It felt like, the type of room where, you know, with Ali, Mike Alamco, mm-hmm. who's the co-writer and also a, an old friend. Uh, these were all old friends. So it just felt like we were just hanging out, telling each other about our lives. And and uh, and, 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 and Ali is not one to censor herself, you yep. know? She is not one to hold anything back. So, yeah, so as we, anyone that's ever seen her do stand-up <laughs> will understand. Yeah, so, so we, we were very open and honest and, and uh, uh, just did not think of any of that. We just wanted to to tell our story. And I think that there's a real universal feel to a lot of those stories. They're yeah. very specific, uh, but, you know, everyone's got that moment totally. and it never goes particularly well. <laughs> and there's always some drama afterwards. Always, you know? <laughs> always. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that And that's the thing, you know, we, we, we wanted to be uh, specific and authentic, and we felt like that that would be the best way to be universal. That would be the best way to 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 get people to to connect. When we come back, I'll continue the conversation with Randall Park. The movie is called Always Be My Maybe. You can see it on Netflix right now. Very funny. It's a rom com about two teens who have been friends since childhood. A little falling out. We <laughs> want to give everything away, but then they reconnect yeah. uh, with various levels of success uh, <laughs> all the way through till the end credits roll. Uh, when we come back, I want to uh, just throw this out uh, to you now to give you a second to think about it. I want you to tell me about Leslie Kahn and Company mm. and an intensive workshop that you took there in Los Angeles when you were starting out and what that meant to you. Mm. Stay with us. Welcome back, everybody. Always Be My Maybe is the name of the movie. It's streaming right now on Netflix, uh, co-written with Ali Wong, co-stars Ali Wong, co-produced by Ali Wong, and my guest today, Randall Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you so much for oh, uh, spending is, the time with us. This is so me. fun. Uh, yeah, this is great. Uh, I'm having a blast. So I came up with this name. Leslie Kahn and Company. Yeah, you took an intensive weekend workshop there. Yeah, uh, parts about part of it is about acting. Part of it is about learning how to sell yourself. Yeah, what yeah. happens? You know, when you get out in the world, what happened to you, and what did you learn from yeah. it? Well, at the time that I mean, it was the class to be in for actors in Los Angeles. It was uh, if you wanted to be a professional actor, you had to go through this class, and. Um, and in order to be in the class, you had to start with taking this weekend intensive with a bunch of other students. And, and so I took the intensive. And um, one of the exercises was uh, you sit in front of the class with your back to, to, the, to the classroom. And then you turn around and face the class. And then they say the first things that come to mind. Right. Uh, and and the, the idea was this is how Hollywood sees you. So this is probably how you should market yourself. Right. And at the end of the uh, exercise... Based on what you hear, you're supposed to come up with a log line for yourself to to bring out to Hollywood, a, a quick pitch on yourself right. based on what you hear. 
And, uh, you know, I remember one of the actors, this tall, very handsome uh, white uh, guy with long blonde hair. He turns around and everyone's like, oh, this is the cowboy. This is the <laughs> yeah. this is the the cop. This is, you know, uh, um, the romantic lead, you know. And uh, and it was my turn, and I I was the only Asian American guy in the class, and I I sit in the chair and I turn around, and it was just a barrage of stereotypes, <laughs> uh, you know, a nerd, uh, um, Chinese waiter. Uh, it was just all these, uh, and, and some weird ones. One of them said child molester, and I don't know, I I wasn't aware of that stereotype, but uh, it was uh, it, it was jarring for me. I'm sure. And what what. What's going through your mind at that moment? Uh, I, I was I was jarred and I was uh, sad and I was uh, it was it was strange because these were my friends. Yeah. But that was the exercise and and they were just doing the exercise and uh, in in that respect it, it was eye opening because I had come from this college theater group where we got to play everything. We got to be the lead. Yeah. We got to be, you know, uh, including the small, we got to be the Chinese waiter, right. but we also got to be the lead and we, and we got to be the hero. And, uh, uh, and it was, uh, it was, it was eye opening and, and it was a, a glimpse into what I was about to dive into uh, with this industry. Uh, and, and they never, and you know what, we never came up with a log line for me. Everyone came out of that weekend with a log line. And uh, we never had a log line for me because no one wanted to talk about it. But none of them are starring on Fresh Off the Boat now. Uh, yeah, that's true. Well, none of them have a movie on Netflix right now. <laughs> some of them, some of the, some of them are doing okay. Some though. of them are doing yeah, okay. Yeah, it was it was a talented class, but uh, but yeah, it was uh, after that after that intensive. I was like, I'm, I'm not going to take this class. I I was like, that's a bad feeling. I'm gonna try to uh, just put myself in positive spaces and. Uh, uh, and it took a while, but it worked out. Well, diversity showcases were something yeah. that I started to hear rumblings about. And you've done a number of these like, sort yeah, of early every 2000s, network. Right? Yeah. 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 So there was a period where these uh, community organizations would come up with these report cards on the television networks. And, and they would basically say, you got an F for, di- you know, for diversity. You did not cast enough of these people in your shows. You did not hire enough of, you know, directors in your shows. And, and uh, because of that, a lot of the networks started uh, creating these diversity departments. And what they would do is they would uh, create these uh, live showcases for for talent to to be performed in front of uh, an, an auditorium filled with executives, and and I, I I definitely took part in a lot of those early on. Yeah. And again, did they do any good? Because it strikes me that when Fresh Off the Boat comes along, it was the first television show with an all Asian American cast mm. in twenty years. Yeah, yeah. And so it was groundbreaking. In in its way, yeah. But we're talking these showcases you were before. doing was yeah, well before 10, 12 years before. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at, at the time, you know, they, those showcases still go on now, and I think now there's a lot more follow through. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more uh, uh, making sure that there there's opportunity after the showcases. Right. But at the time, it, it felt like there 
there wasn't that follow through there. It was really like, let's get these organizations off our backs right. and, 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 and do these showcases. But, but I do, you know, I do feel like they were all a step in the right direction and, 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 and helpful ultimately. And, uh, and, and as those showcases evolved, they, they, they really became, uh, I think an important part of providing opportunities for a lot of actors. I'm speaking with always be my maybe star and co-writer and co-producer and probably everything else on the film. Catering. And, it, and that's uh, right. <laughs> you do it all. Uh, Randall Park, you can see it now. It's streaming on Netflix. It's a very funny uh, romantic comedy that uh, is a, really a study of a relationship. I, yeah. I it, A relationship between two friends. The, the, the childhood stuff is so sweet yeah. uh, between the two kids. I loved that uh, your parents in the film really embraced this little girl from next door yeah. whose parents were absent. They were just out all the time and yeah. we don't really know what they were working. They were just never at home. Yeah. And uh, the, the warmth that you see as she, you come over and knock on the door and then she goes next door and the, the difference between this kind of stark place that she has come from yeah. where she's made her own lunch sitting in front of the it's television sitting alone sitting yeah. alone and to to next door and the vibrancy that we feel at the dining room table and, yeah. and you ask for money to go downtown and your dad <laughs> yeah. has kind of a funny reaction or you're, you're the younger version of you yeah uh, it's a really lovely relationship between the two yeah it's really uh we're really proud of that it's 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 very sweet and and uh and very real yeah. You know, a lot of us grew up without our parents uh, in the home, but not because they were bad parents. It's because they were good parents. Actually, they were working. You know, they they were they came to this country and they needed, or or to America or Canada or they 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 immigrated to for a better life for their kids. And uh, um, but then you have the flip side. You know, the, the parents that are you know just cool and and yeah. and and friends with their kids and and uh, you know it's 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 a spectrum of experiences that we wanted to to uh, portray with these two characters you're a first generation American mm -hmm. and were your parents around uh, they, or were they working all the time uh, they were I'd, I'd say they weren't working all the time but they they were working you know I'd, I'd come home and I was a latchkey kid for yeah. sure uh, but they were also very much in our lives growing up and and uh, and my mom was a painter and an artist, and actually a lot of the paintings in the movie were paintings that she made. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, wow. yeah. They recreated – I sent them photos of her paintings, and they recreated them for the house, and it was just so – it, it was it was surreal. Yeah, it was surreal seeing these paintings that I grew up with in my house in the house of the uh, me as a kid. It's cool when you are able to – insert these little, I guess they're like Easter eggs that yeah. are just for you. Yeah. Just for you and your family, maybe. For sure. Yeah. No one else knew about that, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, a, it was a, a tribute to my mom's work. And and does she did she sell or was it a, was it a, a a hobby at home or was it was it was a I'd say she was kind of in between she right. did have exhibits every now and then and she sold every now and then but really she it was a a real a real passionate hobby for her mm -hmm. yeah uh, when you played uh, Kim Jong Un in the. Uh, in the uh, interview, mm -hmm. movie was kind of controversial, hilarious, <laughs> but, but yeah, man, started, you know, almost an international incident. Uh, yeah. uh, were you ever nervous that there might be blowback from you personally or to you personally? You know, I thought, going into it, I thought there might be, but 
after having read the script and gotten gotten to know Seth and Evan and and uh, and and knowing the the spirit of the project, I I really felt like oh this is an opportunity to to I don't know play a complex character mm-hmm. and to uh, and and I mean it's a it's a it's a comedy you know so I I didn't expect there to be a ton of blowback but. It's Kim Jong Un, so yeah, there's going to be some blowback. But surprisingly, there wasn't a lot of blowback to to me playing the part. It was everything else. Everything else, <laughs> <Yeah>. just <laughs> everything else, and that was a surprise. Yeah. I, it shouldn't have been in retrospect, but it, but it was. I, we we did not expect the movie to get shut down like that, and and uh, you know, interesting to be part of something. I imagine that for a while lives at the very center of popular culture, though. I mean, it was, it transcended movie theaters. It was on the news. It was being written about in newspapers. It was on the news every second. (laughs) And uh, they'd often use my photo from the movie when they're talking about the actual Kim Jong-un. And I'm, I'm looking at like the screen being like, no, don't use that photo. That's me. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was a surreal, crazy, uh, insane time. But now that I look back on it, it was, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not like thrilled that it happened the way it did, but I, I am like, I do kind of cherish uh, that experience. So the film is called Always Be My Maybe. Uh, You worked with Ali Wong in it, so you've known Ali for years. uh, And you met uh, at like a baking contest or a food. It was a a fried rice competition. Yep. And uh, and so you've so you've known her for a very long time. Uh, She worked on Fresh Off the Boat as a writer. Mm -hmm. You co-wrote all that with this. Mm -hmm. Will there be more? Do do, is this an ongoing relationship like Hope and Crosby or the uh, Abbott and Costello or something? I mean, we talk about it. Yeah. We talk about it, but we also kind of are still in the the whirlwind of this movie, mm-hmm. and uh, and we also want to bask in the reception of it. Yeah. It's uh, it's been it's been joyous, and 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 people just it's it's been amazing. So so we're we're not really like kind of diving into the next thing yet. And also, she's on tour, and she's a very uh, uh, devoted stand up. And, and a devoted mother, and, de- and she's you know. a new mom too. I think, Ish, yeah, isn't yeah, she? yeah, yeah. She has another uh, kid, and uh, um, and uh, so I think we're going to take uh, some time for our families and some time to to relax and to to celebrate before we go into the next one. Well, I think after people see Always Be My Maybe, you can see it on Netflix right now. They'll want to see you together Aww. again in something else. Randall Park, what a pleasure! Thank oh, you very much so for fun. coming in. Thank you. Thank you. My thanks to you for listening, and my thanks to Andre on the board. We'll talk again next week.